You're listening to the podcast where you can feast on all the information in the world of sports. Now, here's your host, Tommy Yu. It is the trade deadline episode. I'm really excited to talk to all of you guys today. But before we even jump into the main meal, the main segment of this episode, uh, of course, I have Darren here on with me, my co-host, and he actually just fired a trade about an hour ago. So Darren, you want to talk about that for a little bit? Yeah, so it was really, um, I mean, as everyone knows, there's like four the big four teams that are competing for a title this year, it'll be you, um, Chuck, Welch, and Kenny. Um, you guys, in my opinion, have the four best teams, four best shots to win the title. Um, I thought I might have been cracking into that. Uh, it might have been a little on my high horse a little bit um, when I acquired Julio Jones. Um, after my team put up 90 points and almost got doubled by Sir Voss, I kind of had to reevaluate that I probably wasn't in the, the club. Uh, I was on the outside looking in. Um, so I figured it was probably I needed to move Julio off my team because um, I, I'm probably not going to compete with you guys this year. <laughs> I think what you're able to get for Julio right now is probably better than anything you would have gotten if you waited this year. And maybe it doesn't pan out. And then next year, you know, Julio is a little bit older or already and so if you already waited a whole nother year i know there are all these whispers in the bushes of what's happening in atlanta i feel like his value would have been a lot lower so to see you flip him for a first and all you owners listening right now darren has six first round picks in the next two drafts just let that sink in six six first round picks that's absolutely ridiculous and that is already on a good team like you just heard darren say he said he had high hopes for his team. Uh, right now he's on track to make playoffs, of course, and stuff. And who knows, anything could happen there. But even with a team that talented, it's crazy to see that he has six first-round picks, and that's kind of ridiculous. And I always get – I'm always happy for you when you get a trade-through because, um, like, everyone here knows, I've been playing fantasy with you for a handful of years. You're one of my closest friends. And so, of course, when you get a good trade, I'm like, oh, damn, Dare, that was awesome. But then anytime – I don't care what the trade is. If it involves a first round pick to you, I don't care if you end up giving up like Deshaun Watson and blah, blah, blah. I don't care what you get. If you just get any picks at all, I get butt hurt. And like I said, to know that you have six first round picks now, that kind of kills me inside. Yeah. I mean, the, every time I kind of make a trade, I always think about how Gabe kind of complained that he could never make trades and he left the league because of it. I mean, he he just didn't really – I mean, I personally try to make trades with Gabe as well, and he kind of, like, insulted you and stuff when he was trying to make trades. And, like, you do really want to make trades with someone when they're, like, calling you stupid and stuff? Like, probably not. <laughs> but, I mean, maybe he's making trades in his other league. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it works for him, calling people names and stuff. It, it works for Donald Trump, right? Well, it did for a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's always a tactic, but no, I think that's crazy. Being able to get a first and Hollywood Brown, I feel like that's a solid, solid return. So uh, as much as it kills me to say, I'm really, really excited to see how you do with the draft picks that you have, because I feel like obviously um, you are able to hit pretty often with the picks that you have. So, well, you know, before we drag it out anymore, let's just jump right into the uh, appetizer. The appetizer. So during this, we're just going to kind of recap a little bit about our matchups during the league right now. It doesn't look that hot for the both of us right now, Dare. So I know you kind of alluded to it a little bit before that uh, 
you're kind of getting wrecked right now. You, uh, how's it going right now? <laughs> so, I mean, I definitely lost. I got basically doubled up on my score, actually more than doubled up on my score. Um, and I thought that Servos is trying to lose right now. I think, um, I, that's what I would assume at least. Um, he wants that high draft pick and he came out and he dropped 188 points on me. So before, like last week, I was like, oh yeah, I should probably beat Servos. And then he gets Jake Luton off the, the bench and he comes in and he puts up points on me. I think every single person on his team had like at least like 12 points, which is like when they're firing all, all cylinders like that, you can't really overcome it. You know, like it's impossible. Like my team would have needed to score 189 points to win the game which is pretty unlikely i feel like i mean i don't know but i feel like he might have been the highest scorer this whole year so far with 188 points uh you are correct actually i have that pulled up to put into context no matter what you did i guess it's kind of comforting that unfortunately you may not have come out on top because he just scored the most ever so far this season and second most ever in our whole league's history the only person who has ever scored more than him besides Kevin, last year, week five, he scored 227 points. Holy crap. <laughs> I don't know if that record is going to be broken almost ever, but oh um, besides that one freak week where Kev went nuclear, yeah, he scored the most ever. So I guess it's kind of nice to know, like, oh, man, because I feel like it's more stressful when you're like, oh, I lost by one point. If I just started this person over this person, I would have won. But you're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah I, I lost. Yeah, it's probably good in a way, though, because I was kind of probably over-evaluating my team, um, thinking that I was going to contend with you and Chuck and the big guys, and it kind of gave me a reality check, and I was like, yeah, you know, um, I, I didn't even come close to scoring 188 points this year, so um, <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm not that good. <laughs> so you said that was the kind of the catalyst which kind of started that trade with Kenny, is that true? Yeah, it, it definitely was because I was like, you know, Julio's a big piece and he's like a top five receiver. Definitely the rest of this year, I would say, and probably next year too. Like, I mean, the guy's a Hall of Famer, but like it, he probably doesn't fit with my crappy team at this point. <laughs> like I lost uh, lost Miles Gaskin. My running backs are terrible. I mean, my two best running backs right now are uh, – Ronald Jones and Melvin Gordon I think they combined for five points so like <laughs> that's not great <laughs> I just imagine reality setting in you're just sitting on your couch watching your game looking at the scoreboard and you're like yeah I'm yeah. I'm gonna make some moves now <laughs> yeah it's like it was like by halftime of like the one o'clock games I was like you know this is not going great <laughs> So I was really excited for my matchup. I'm not sure about you, but I kind of saw it as like a championship preview. So I feel like this was almost a week where both of us had a chance to really evaluate our team amongst the competition. And, you know, Chuck won the league last year. Uh, I think last podcast, you predicted that Chuck was going to repeat as champion. And I can definitely see why. He just dropped 150, almost 152 points this week. And I definitely did not come close to that. And so I was kind of having a little bit of a crisis where I was like, oh, man, what's going on? What's going on? And then I look back and, you know, I was somewhat disappointed with some of the players that I had. I know uh, Nuke was kind of blanketed. I know there's a couple pass interference calls called uh, for him. So maybe that's why he wasn't getting the ball, because uh, I feel like uh, what Howard was kind of blanketing him the entire time he was shadowing him. And I was also disappointed in David Johnson, not 
the fact that he didn't do anything, but the fact that I keep starting him, I feel like I'm just disappointed in myself as an owner. Like that's garbage. And uh, one cool story I wanted to bring up, I'm sure all of you guys know, I used to live in Kansas City for about two years. I'm a big Kansas City Chiefs fan. So of course I was watching a Chiefs versus Panthers game. And, you know, I saw Mahomes doing his thing. He was kind of going nuclear again. uh, And I saw Hill catch two touchdowns. I was like, oh man, they're doing so well. And then it hit me. I was like, oh crap, Chuck has the stack. And then I was looking at how many points that both of them were scoring. And I knew I was going to lose immediately. And then I kept watching the game and I was like, man, Bridgewater's doing fantastic. Like he's keeping up with this high-powered offense. And I completely forgot that Chuck also had Teddy Bridgewater. So later that night when I was looking at the scoreboard and saw that I was getting annihilated, I was just like, oh, okay, yep. That one game that I actually watched had like a huge momentum swing for him in that way. So I was like, all right, whatever. So unless Cam Newton decides to drop like a billion points on the Jets tonight, which I guess is a possibility, but – Yeah, you never know. Maybe this is his comeback tour. He's like, yeah, I played like crap for the past couple of weeks. So now in Monday night football, I'm about to go off. So who knows? We'll see though. But how many does he need? Uh, I think right now I am going to need 42 points. No, sorry. 41 points. I need 41 from him. Yeah, that, that might not happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks for your uh, encouraging words. But yeah, so that's just kind of what the matchup looked like. So let's really just... Uh, dive into it to the main portion of this podcast thank you for tuning in to the podcast i hope you enjoyed your meal we'll catch you next time (laughs) (laughs) i'm not editing that either anyway the main course nailed it and so the main course so because it's the trade deadline episode i kind of wanted to reflect a little bit on what our favorite trades that have happened in this league so far so i know on the docket i have myself going first but i just talked a lot about those matchups and stuff like that beforehand there so i kind of want to turn the table over to you what's your favorite trade that you've seen in the league so far um, personally, I think it was Joe and Adams trade when they made the big Kamara and Eckler trade. Um, so Joe traded away, um, Tannehill, Landry, Eckler, a second, a third and a first, and he got Kamara and Darnold. Um, I actually think this is a pretty good move for both sides. Um, I mean, it might be seen that like it was given up a lot to get Kamara. But the way that Joe's team is right now, unfortunately, he lost um, Saquon Barkley. But he's kind of in like a win-now window. Um, And since he made the trade, he's been winning games. Like he's pretty close to being back in the playoffs after getting Kamara. Um, And, I mean, Darnold, if he just gets away from Adam Gase, the guy's only 23 years old. So he could potentially turn it around if he just gets to a a team where Adam Gase is not there. and then on the other side, you have Adam, who got Tannehill, who's playing awesome. Um, Landry, who I, I know that you love Jarvis Landry. but um, And then you got Austin Eckler, who's awesome, a first, a second, and a third. Um, so in a team that, like, he got great value for Kamara. So um, I, I don't think either side really went wrong. Um, and that was really, like, when I saw that trade, I was like, holy crap. Especially because I think it was, like, it was like two days or three days after you got the DK Metcalf trade. And <laughs> I was like, I was like, damn, it's <laughs> like Jensen sold pretty low on DK Metcalf. <laughs> you saw two dynasty superstars in Camara and DK Metcalf moved in just a span of a few days. And to kind of talk a little bit more about that Adam Gase effect, I, 
I am not gonna do any kind of uh, pushing here, but Kellen Balage looked kind of good. He did pretty <laughs> solid. That's all I'm saying. That is, I, I think he had like 50, 60 yards and a touchdown. That's that's all I'm saying. But I, I feel like that <laughs> impact is real. I think Darnold, as long as Gase isn't the one controlling him or just around him, I think he actually has a chance to flourish because you see the flashes. And it's kind of like with Tannehill when Gase was over in Miami. Tannehill showed flashes, but he was always just kind of a little mediocre, but kind of good, but you didn't really know. And that's kind of like what Darnold is, except for he's just so much younger. And correct me if I'm wrong, does Joe now have Kamara and Saquon Barkley? Yeah, so next year when it fires back up again, when he has Saquon and he has Kamara, that's he arguably has the two best running backs in Dynasty football. I mean, he's going to be a force to reckon with next year. Yeah, as long as both of them can stay healthy. I think if you just grabbed a couple people off the streets or even in a poll within this uh, league, if you were just asked, all right, well, who are the top three Dynasty running backs right now? I guarantee Saquon and Kamara would be a very popular choice. Yeah, I think so too. So... Reflecting on my favorite trade, by far, actually happened this year as well. It was actually a trade between you and Chuck, of course. It's, I can't get away from you two. I'm always talking about you two. It's like I'm obsessed. <laughs> but it was that big trade that brought Deshaun Watson to you. Um, people looking out might say you gave up a lot. Uh, you gave up Kareem Hunt, Calvin Ridley, and a 2022 fourth. But what you received was Sterling Shepard, Deshaun Watson, and a second. And... Uh, just let that sink in for a little bit, only because I feel like this was a giant power move by both sides. Uh, on your end, every time I looked, because like our listeners know, Darren and I, we talk very often and more often than not, our, the topic of conversation is fantasy. My wife always says, I was like, are you guys actually friends or do you guys just talk about football? I'm like, oh no, we're good friends. That's, that's why we talk <laughs> about football all the time. But every time we would talk about both of our teams, every time I saw yours, it was kind of the way I would look at it. It's not pity. I would look at it, I was like, oh, no, it's a good team. It's a good team. But you didn't really have the strongest quarterbacks. So I was never really that fearful. I was like, oh, okay, Darren has plenty of great receivers. He has, you know, some decent running backs, nothing too scary. And then when it came to quarterback, I was like, aha, okay. I mean, they're not terrible, but they're definitely not scary. And then you went out and got one of the better dynasty quarterbacks in the entire league. And I was like, holy crap. And on the flip side, look at Chuck's point of view. Once again, it's just what people are saying on the streets. But when Chuck kind of lucked his way into the championships last year, I almost see it as an asterisk. I was like, oh, Danny drafted that team. Danny built a great foundation. And all right, but Chuck won the title. But this year, I was like, oh, man, is Chuck still going to reap all of the benefit that Danny did from that phenomenal draft that had him collect, what, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and, you know, Tyreek Hill, all those great players. But then this is kind of, to me, Chuck saying, here, I'm going to make this gigantic move that I believe is going to help me win right now. And so now when I look at Chuck's team, I don't see Danny's team that Chuck took over. Now I'm looking at, okay, this is for sure Chuck's team. So if he wins again this year, like you predicted, I feel like that's all on the backs of all the great work that Chuck has done. No matter how great your team is, you know, fantasy football, it's it's tough. It's tough to win any game. I mean... Like you said, you thought that when you saw the schedule, oh, Sarvaz, okay, I should win that one. But out of nowhere, he drops 180 on you. Like, it's hard to win. And to see that, yeah, Chuck is struggling right now. But, I mean, kind of like we both predicted, he's kind of on a roll. Yeah, I mean, he's 
he definitely, like you said, he definitely made that team his own. Um, he made a lot of big moves, including the Deshaun Watson trade. He also traded away Lamar Jackson to you. Um, he completely rebuilt that team in his image. And, I mean, right now he's on a pretty big win streak. So, and I, I mean, he plays me next week, so it might continue. <laughs> <laughs> so, since it's kind of cool, because like I said, this is definitely my favorite trade so far that's happened. It kind of really dictate the flow of both franchises involved. Like I said, now it's Chuck's team. Now you have a solid quarterback to build on on top of the six first round picks that you've gotten. Looking back at this trade, do you still feel happy? Like, would you do this trade again? Because to me, uh, I feel like 10 out of 10. I'm not saying, you know, like most trades don't have to have a winner, kind of like that Camara trade. I really do feel like both teams have benefited very well from it. But on this one, because the Sean Watson is in the deal, I would always lean towards your side. But how are you feeling about it uh, being a couple of weeks removed from the trade? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, like, gun to my head, I would probably do it again. Um, I mean, it made my running backs, like, awful because Kareem Hunt was my best running back. Um, But, and, like, I mean, Calvin Ridley was my best wide receiver as well. So it kind of made me worse on the skill position players. But um, quarterbacks are probably, probably the hardest position to hit on. Um, just because there's so many like factors that go into it. Um, you could have a guy that like, I mean, you could have a guy like Pat Mahomes that no one thinks is going to be like that good. And then he turns out to be the best quarterback ever. And then you could have a guy that goes before Pat Mahomes, Mitch Trubisky, who I would assume went quite early in super flex honesty leagues. And he is not. Great. <laughs> oh man. Got to use that drop twice. So, I mean, getting a guy who's like established, I think he's 25 years old. And Deshaun Watson, it's like I kind of had to do it being where my quarterbacks were at at the time. Um, so I think I would probably do it again. Um, it was a, it was a hard, hard one for me to do to get like a Calvin Ridley and Kareem Hunt. But I think for like the longevity of my team, I think it was probably a good move. Yeah, I agree. And one thing that should always make you feel better is whenever you're down or whenever you're running back, depth is killing you just look at those six first round picks that you you gotta at least hit on a few of them and in my opinion I feel like it's a lot easier to hit on running backs and wide receivers and skill only because there's just so many of them um, that you are able to pick from and with the different landing spots there's just so many things in the air but having six of those and having a running back issue I feel like that's something that you're going to show up very very soon I wouldn't be surprised if you are rolling out top three best skilled positions in all skill position group in the next two, three years, just because of the amount of draft capital you have, which is just insane. I'm sure you're really excited about that. Yeah. I think I'm shooting for um, the same year. Jensen wants to win 2023. I think I'm shooting for the same year. Except you have way higher draft picks than him. (laughs) (laughs) So with all that being said, let's, uh, let's roll to the next part, the easier part of the meal, the dessert. So one fun thing I thought we could discuss about to kind of put an end to our trade deadline podcast is kind of talk about what's your most memorable trade you've ever made in fantasy uh, in any year, just anything stick out to you when you think, oh man, this was definitely my favorite trade I've ever made because I'm sure we've already p- kind of put out in the open. You are known as a trade master, the trade ninja in our uh, league in the PDL. So I have to ask out of the millions of trades I'm sure you've made, which one sticks out to you? 
Um, the one that definitely sticks out to me the most, um, I know that the, the Delco guys will know this name. I made the trade with Trevor Wright. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is years, years back, um, still in high school. And um, I traded Chris Johnson for Maurice Jones-Drew, AJ Green, and Percy Harvin. Um, when I made this oh. trade, I was like, I, I want to say I was like one in six or something like that. Like I was like bottom of the league. Um, I made the trade. It completely turned me around and I got into the just barely snuck into the playoffs at six and seven. Um, so that trade trading away, Chris Johnson got me into the playoffs. So I'll, that's probably like the trade that will always remember as like being the best trade ever made, because if I didn't make it, I probably would have been in dead last in the league. <laughs> so you pretty much did the opposite of me. You started one in, or wait, what'd you say? One in five, one in six, and you barely made playoffs. And then... Yep. I started off six and zero oh last year, and then went seven and six, and then missed playoffs. <laughs> yeah, so it's the reverse fortune there. <laughs> yep. And if history is to repeat itself, I mean, I went six and zero oh this year, and I know I already told the league. Now I'm on a three game losing streak. So I mean, the writing is on the wall, right? Yeah, I mean, actually, I think it happened once you change your team name, right? I as think soon so. Change your I... team name, then you lost all three. <laughs> Because ironically, I said I am making an identity change because I wanted everyone who is supporting this franchise not to hold on to that curse. But maybe that kind of pissed off the fantasy gods. But uh, you know what? I'm rolling with it. Us streamers, we're, we're going to win the title. I'm telling you, yeah. I made too many moves. It but... might be time for a new rebrand. You might want to uh, <laughs> might want to think about it because you might have turned your team into the new new Jets. <laughs> All right, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna have to finish up this year. I, I can't rebound twice in one. That's too much. That's too crazy. But uh, I, I wanted to talk about my favorite trade I've ever made, and I wouldn't say this trade is my favorite per se. I know we're talking about it a little before we start to air, but this trade is a trade that Darren and I. It's like an inside joke between us. Like when that big DK Metcalf trade happened in this league, Darren was like, "Wow." this was your Jimmy Graham trade. And immediately I knew what he was talking about because we always kind of reference it throughout, you know, the years playing fantasy. So what the trade was is this was the year where Jimmy Graham went from pretty good to amazing. This is after this season is when Jimmy Graham was like, yo, I want to be paid like a wide receiver now kind of thing. This was definitely the best year he's ever had. And during that season, before the season started, obviously Jimmy Graham was still amazing, but the tight end I drafted was Mr. Jermichael Finley. Uh, all you Packer fans out there and he hasn't proven anything but I kind of went on the edge saying something along the lines of dude Aaron Rodgers is in his prime right now he's amazing and he's really going to feed Jermichael Finley the ball and all you Delco guys probably know him too but it was Mr. John Kramer that's who I was talking to and he's like oh I don't know I don't know I was like oh that's fine I mean it was you know Rodgers or Breeze I would take Rodgers every time he's like oh well I mean if you put it that way and so then he didn't make a decision, but I kind of did the thing where I kind of sent him to trade over. And I was like, hey, just think about it. If you don't want to accept it, just deny it. I don't really care. And then within the next 20 minutes, he accepted the trade. And as soon as it happened, like almost before I got the notification that this was accepted, Darren is already texting me saying, what the fuck did you just do? And I was like, yo, I can't believe I just got Jimmy Graham for Jermichael Finley straight up. But that's that's just the fun story. I know a lot of people, when you think of Jimmy Graham now, you think of Jimmy Grandpa. But, you know, back in the day, he was a beast. He was putting up, like, running back numbers uh, in fantasy. But that, that's definitely a trade that stands out to me a lot. Yeah, I mean, this was, like, also, like, a couple days after we did the fantasy draft. 
And I'm pretty sure he drafted Jimmy Graham in like the third or fourth or fifth <laughs> or something. And you drafted Jermichael Finley in like the 15th round. And I was like, why would he do that? I was like, if he wanted Jermichael Finley, he could have drafted him where he drafted Jimmy Graham. Like, it doesn't make any sense why he would do that. Yeah, it was before the season even started. So you're absolutely right. It was just a few days after the draft finished. So I think that kind of adds even more, like, how did that trade even happen kind of thing. Yeah, it just didn't, it just didn't make any sense. It blew my mind when I saw it happen. I think it was – I think also I want to say Shane Vereen was in that trade too. So it was Jermichael Finley and Shane Vereen, and it was after a preseason game where Shane Vereen caught a touchdown against the Eagles. And Kramer was probably watching that game, and he was like, oh, my God, I got to have Shane Vereen. <laughs> oh, my God, Shane Vereen. He's the truth. <laughs> he's, the, he's the new all-star Patriots running back. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, it always brings me a lot of joy. So, uh, in the league, if you ever hear Darren and I talking about Jimmy Graham in a, any kind of trade, we're always referencing this trade. So, uh, for all you owners listening, if you think you ever got trade rape, the only way to confirm it happened, because I will never say you got trade rape, but if I ever say, oh, God, yeah, that was the Jimmy Graham trade, you just got Graham's, that, then, yeah, you probably got <laughs> trade raped. But, no, I, I feel like this episode was a lot of fun to kind of put together because of just the sheer amount of trades that have happened. And, Darren, I think you would have to agree, there's nothing that will kill a league more than well, one, if people don't communicate, that's fine. I, I feel like some people kind of have that argument and be like, oh, what makes a good fantasy league? And I'm not saying the PDL is the best fantasy league I've been a part of, but the communication, the trades, the rumors, all this stuff is continually happening. And I think it's that's what makes the league so much fun. And I've never been a part of a league that communicated and traded this much. And I'm just really excited because I know we referenced it before, but every single team's owner has a different type of personality and they all have a different type of identity on how they think they should be making their franchise. So I feel like that's kind of also pressuring a lot of these trades, but I mean, I'm just so hyped to be a part of a league that trades as often as this one. Yeah. And I totally agree. It's, it's great because especially in like a dynasty league, if there was no trades and nothing ever happened, it would be so stagnant. if like nobody was willing to move any other guys, which is, which is totally fine. Like you don't have to move and you don't have to make trades, but for everyone, like in every trade, I think both parties get something that they want. Um, so both teams in one way or another, they get something where they feel like they made their team better in some way or another. And I just feel like it's, it keeps the league fun and exciting. And it's something that we've done like really well so far. Like every, I think every person in the league has made at least a couple of trades. So um, it just like, it keeps everything, it keeps it fresh, you know? So someone can't just be like, you know, well, I'm going to sit here on this team and I'm just going to wait till the rookie, rookie draft next year. And I'm going to pick with my 11th pick in the draft and just, just wonder who's there, you know? So it's like, I mean, it just keeps it really interesting. No, I agree. Cause like I said, we always talk about this league. So it got, I mean, it's still at a point where we, we talk about so often that we pretty much have every single like every other owner's teams memorized. Like that's why when you had Julio Jones and then you traded him right away, I was like, wait, he was only on your team for like one day. And then you got him from, you know, like in my mind, I know all the transactions that happened. I know every single player on everyone's team, but all these trades are having me rethink, be like, okay, wait, so many things are fresh. So many things are changing. So I have to like 
reassess that with myself. Like I had to sit down and look, be like, oh wait, yeah, I do have Aaron Jones and Raheem Mostert is down there. Oh, I forgot. And then I'm looking at other leagues being like, wait a second, I really want to target this person before the trade deadline who has them. And I won't even know because of that's how many trades have gone. But it's always funny because in a dynasty league, you typically think that these type of moves happen in the off season, but ironically it's happening during the season. So I don't know if we kind of open Pandora's box where all these trades are always going to be happening even throughout the off season, or maybe this is just, I don't know, a trend that the PDL does. Maybe it's just in season trades. I, I think it's just that there's including you, there's four teams that think that they have like a win now window, which I think rightfully so. And you have to make, especially when you have you and Chuck and, um, Welch like making moves all the time and like now Kenny just made a big move too um, you have to kind of like keep up with the Joneses you know like if someone's making a big move you have to be like well shit like now I have to do something too and I have to keep up because if I want to win the the big prize money this year I have to do something too if I want to keep keep up with them I gotta I have to keep up absolutely and kind of uh speaking on that it looks like Josh put Todd Gurley on that trade block and I know that is not a sexy name right now. But for a win now person with the trade deadline being week 10, so it's, it's coming right up. Who knows if he's going to be moved. Maybe that's going to be a topic we discuss in our next podcast. But, uh, Darren, you're definitely going to be making that push on Gurley, right? Um, I don't think he fits with my team makeup. <laughs> um, if, if we could uh, give him some new, like, whole new knees, I would love to have Todd Gurley. Fun fact, everyone listening, uh, Darren's <laughs> philosophy says if you are a running back and you are 22 years old and you're reaching <laughs> on like the eighth month closing into your 23rd birthday, you're dead to him. Just retirement home. Just You shouldn't even be in the NFL anymore. It's actually 27. If you're 27 <laughs> and eight months, if you're 27 and eight months, so pretty much if you're like my age right now, if you're that age, you're basically close to dead. Like you're, you're basically in hospice care. Like you're, you're not, you're not really, you're living off of a machine right now. It's helping you breathe. (laughs) Because like, I mean, they get hit so much and so often that they're just like, I don't know. I mean, Todd Gurley's not even 27 years old. He just had a lot of bad luck, which is like really unfortunate because he was awesome, but it's just, I mean, some bodies can't just keep up with the, the constant over and over pounding that they get, which, which sucks. Because, I mean, running backs, they, they make the, the argument that running backs don't matter. And to an extent, they don't. But, I mean, if you have – like, look at, look at the Vikings with Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. They, they clearly matter. It's like, at least a little bit. Like, Dalvin Cook is way better than Alexander Madison. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of that – everyone talks about how these athletes are getting faster and stronger and things like that, but – they're not thinking about the other side of that argument. Yeah, linebackers are faster and stronger and more physical, and so are running backs, but these linebackers that would be more athletic than any other football player back like 20 years ago, they'd be more athletic than you know most players, even the most highly skilled running backs, but these guys are colliding over and over again, so of course that's going to shorten the shelf life of these players, but... I mean, that's crazy, but uh, I mean, that does it for this episode of this podcast. I know next week we're uh, probably going to be talking about the playoff race. That's going to be getting a little bit clearer, and uh, I'm just excited for the next topic that we're going to put on, but uh, any last messages there? Um, I would say good luck to all of those that are 
trying to win this week. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, this is like you just bowing out saying, you know, I thought I had a chance, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed your meal. We'll catch you next time.